in the last episode of Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land. From conversations I had with Bannon at the time, he was trying to spin a counter-narrative. Counter and Seth Rich fit perfectly within that counter-narrative. Julian Assange told a friend of mine who met with her that he got the emails from Seth Rich. And then Ed told us to look for the money that Assange had paid. And we said, trust me, there is no money. Hey, Rod, it's Ed. A couple of minutes ago, I got a note that we have the full um, attention of the White House. Today, Fox 5 has learned there is new information that could prove these theorists are, in fact, right. New information from the family's private investigator suggests there is tangible evidence on Seth Rich's laptop that confirms he was communicating with WikiLeaks prior to his death. I'm Michael Isikoff, and welcome to Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land, the untold story of Seth Rich a special six-part podcast brought to you by Skullduggery. In this podcast, we're exploring the story of how one man's senseless murder on the streets of Washington was shamelessly exploited for notoriety and crass political purposes. An example of how conspiracy theories flourish and infect the body politic in the brave new world of social media. This is Episode 5, Fox News Fallout. In mid-May 2017, Ed Butowski was on the verge of what looked like a personal triumph. For months, the Dallas money man had been working feverishly behind the scenes to challenge the mainstream media narrative about Russia's interference in the 2016 election, pushing instead a story that would claim that murdered DNC staffer Seth Rich was the real source of emails leaked to WikiLeaks. Toward that end, Butowski had persuaded the Rich family to let him hire Rod Wheeler, a retired homicide detective and Fox News contributor, to investigate Seth's death on their behalf. And he introduced Wheeler to a Fox News website reporter named Malia Zimmerman, who was reporting on the story. But what looked like a coup for Butowski threatened to veer out of control when Wheeler spilled the beans to the Fox affiliate in Washington about the story that Zimmerman had just submitted to her editors. But you have sources at the FBI saying that there is information for that sure. could link Seth Rich to WikiLeaks? Absolutely. Yeah, and that's confirmed. The affiliate story created panic at Fox headquarters in New York. The editors of the network didn't want such a huge story being broken by a local affiliate. And early the next morning, according to three sources inside the network, they rushed to publish Zimmerman's story before it had been fully vetted. Butowski, for his part, blasted out emails to the hosts and producers for Fox's popular morning show to give them a heads up. I wasn't promoting anything, and I resent you saying that. Ed, you wrote an email to Fox News producers and on-air talent in New York, including Steve Ducey, saying if you have any questions about the story or more information needed, call me. You give your number. Right. I'm actually the one who's been putting this together. But right. as you know, I keep my name out of things because I have no credibility. One of the big right. conclusions we need to draw from this is that the Russians did not hack our computer systems and steal emails, and there was no collusion like Trump with the Russians. Right. I'm actually the one who's been putting the story together. That sounds like you were promoting well, this story. Uh, uh, there were many things that I've brought to them, and when I tell them that I was involved with it, 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 it stands out and has some credibility. 
I'm not going to go into any more detail okay. than that. But, but I, I wasn't promoting it. By the way, let me finish. I wasn't promoting this around the globe, but they always wanted to know if there was something that they might want to be aware of. Well, and I gotta say, it. Ed, and when you say I'm actually the one who's been putting this together and you're sending an well, email telling them to report on it, that sounds like the very definition of re- promoting the story. Well, uh, promoting, uh, I'll, I'll give you this. I wasn't promoting it around the globe. I was telling them that here's a story and you might want to report on it. At 6 a.m. the next morning, the hosts of Fox and Friends enthusiastically followed Butowski's lead. Back with the Fox News alert, a brand new bombshell in the murder of that guy right there, a DNC staffer. An investigator now says Seth Rich was in contact with WikiLeaks. Not only that, he claims there's been a law enforcement cover-up. Fox News thought they finally had the story that would send the Russian interference narrative to the grave. The narrative has been all along Russia, Russia, Russia. I'm going to just read you the lead line on the FoxNews.com story. The DNC staffer who was gunned down on July 10th on Washington, D.C. Street uh, last July, just steps from his home, had leaked thousands of internal email to WikiLeaks. Law enforcement sources have told Fox News. A few hours later. And now we bring in Laura Ingram to react. Then Julian Assange today from WikiLeaks retweeted this report, mm-hmm. indicating to a lot of people that he was affirming that, uh, confirming that, in fact, uh, mm. Seth Rich was the source of these, uh, these DNC emails to WikiLeaks. Then the network's biggest megaphone started blasting out the story. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show podcast. An FBI forensic report of Seth Rich's computer generated within 96 hours of the murder showed that he had contacts with WikiLeaks. This is getting very close to home. And he continued that night on his primetime cable show. Explosive developments in the mysterious murder of former DNC staffer Seth Rich that could completely shatter the narrative that, in fact, WikiLeaks was working with the Russians or there was collusion between the Trump campaign and the Russians. Now, if true, this could become one of the biggest scandals in American history. Hannity's exclusive get? When we come back, former D.C. homicide detective Rod Wheeler. I've known you a long time, Rod. You're a man of honor and integrity. What did you discover in terms of the contacts with WikiLeaks? There was a a federal investigator that was involved on the inside of the case, a person that's very credible. And I'll tell you, let me just say this, Sean. I don't like to suggest things without saying the person's name. But I can't say the person's name because that person would be thrown under the bus. And I can't do that. But this person, we checked him out. We have to check him out. Very credible. He said he laid eyes on the computer and he laid eyes on the case file. And he, he came across very credible. When you look at that with the totality of everything else that I found in this case, it's very consistent for a person with my experience to begin to think, well, perhaps there were some email communications between Seth and WikiLeaks. But if you listen closely to what Wheeler told Hannity, there was a major league hedge about what he actually knew. Now, I have never seen the emails myself directly. I haven't even seen the computer that Seth Rich used. I don't know for sure. I don't know, as a matter of fact, if the emails went out to the WikiLeaks or anybody else, but it sure appears that way. The only thing that I have been able to confirm is that there were some uh, problems that Seth was having on his job at the DNC. So, you know, 
connect the dots here. It's starting to all come together. So again, let me just... In fact, it was all starting to fall apart. So how did you learn that this Fox News story was out there? On TV. At home in Omaha, Mary and Joel Rich, Seth's parents, could scarcely believe what they were watching. I walked in and... And it was on, and I'm watching Joel almost in tears, and I'm standing there, dropped everything, going, what? What the hell? Remember, Rod Wheeler came into the picture when he was hired by Batowski to investigate for the Rich family. His contract specifically stated that he wouldn't talk to the media without the Rich's approval, yet there he was all over Fox News. Everything we knew were a lie is being said. You know, the computer has been checked. The computer had been secured ever since Seth passed. The thing that really hurt us was when Rod Wheeler on Fox comes out with that there's an FBI report that says this, that they have facts. And we know those facts are totally false. This conspiracy bullshit Fox took lies. The three reporters knew it was lies. Fox never checked a damn thing out by calling us or anything. In fact, they implied that it was our investigator that found all this so therefore we were behind behind it which is absolutely bullshit our whole lives just went to hell over the next week Hannity devoted 35 minutes on his cable show and two and a half hours on his radio show to the Fox News exclusive the whole narrative has been they're investigating a robbery. But it doesn't sound at all like a robbery to me. No, it sounds like murder one. I mean, it sounds like premeditated murder uh, targeted at this individual. Helping out with commentary, a Hannity regular, conservative lawyer Jay Sekulow. Sekulow doesn't volunteer, and Hannity doesn't mention, that just that week the attorney had joined President Trump's legal team. Of course, the, the public perception of this is this was just another horrible situation, a crime in the District of Columbia. But there's a lot more to this. The tragic aspect of it here is, of course, the media continuing to harp on the Russia source of the leaks, which Julian Assange pretty much denies. It's an unfortunate question to have to address, and that is there's a dead 27-year-old in Washington, D.C., who happened to be a DNC employee. Um, you know, I haven't seen the files. You haven't seen the files. But there, there's one thing this undercuts, I think, is this. Yeah. I think this whole Russia argument, Sean, is such a subterfuge. Well, then another Fox News heavyweight added his voice to the cable network's chorus, former Speaker of the House Newt Gingrich. Uh, at the same time, we have this very strange story now of this young man who worked for the Democratic National Committee, who apparently was assassinated at four in the morning, uh, having given WikiLeaks something like 23,000, I'm sorry, 53,000 emails and 17,000 attachments. Mm -hmm. Nobody's investigating that. Uh, And and what does that tell you about what was going on? Mm -hmm. Because it turns out it wasn't the Russians. Uh, It was this young guy who I suspect was disgusted uh, by the corruption of the Democratic National Committee. 
While Fox's star anchors and big-name contributors were hyping the bombshell story, Deborah Sines, the assistant U.S. attorney in charge of the Seth Rich murder investigation, was beside herself. I was furious. Why? It was just lies. So that makes it even worse, because then you get a feeding frenzy from like-minded conspiracy theorists, and it makes my job four times as hard, because I have to investigate all that. You may recall from earlier episodes that Signs discovered that Russian intelligence agents had planted a wild conspiracy story about Seth Rich's murder just three days after his death. Now she was seeing the conspiracy claims being amplified by some of the loudest voices in conservative media. Let me put it this way, with all due respect to Newt Gingrich and Sean Hannity, actually, they don't deserve any respect. They spoke about things they had no knowledge of. They made it up. The specifics in the story was that there was an FBI report about an FBI analysis of Seth Rich's computer that showed he was in communication with WikiLeaks. Was there any truth to that? No, none. Complete fabrication. As soon as she heard the story, Signs reached out to the FBI. Of course I checked. Of course I did. And what'd they tell you? No. No? No. No connection between Seth and WikiLeaks. And there was no evidence on his work computer of him downloading and disseminating things from the DNC. As it turned out, there was one sliver of truth in the Fox story. The FBI had been examining Seth's computer, not for any ties to the DNC emails or WikiLeaks, but because they saw unusual activity by a foreign hacker after his death. There were allegations that someone, maybe more than one person, was trying to invade Seth's Gmail account and set up a separate account after Seth was murdered, and the FBI was looking into that. I presumed they were trying to create a fake Gmail account or get into Seth's Gmail account so they could dump false information in there. So just to be clear, the FBI only investigated an attempt to hack into Seth Rich's email when they saw activity after he died. When we contacted the Bureau's Washington field office, a spokesperson said it had never opened an investigation into the DNC staffer's death, pointing out that the FBI had no jurisdiction over local crimes. Andrew McCabe, the Bureau's acting director at the time, told us something else. He had personally reached out to his agents when he heard the Seth Rich conspiracy stories and was informed there was nothing to them. There's no there there, McCabe said he was told. The unraveling of the fake news story began almost immediately, when Wheeler, the only named source in the original article, reversed himself and admitted he never actually talked to the elusive federal investigator he had described as credible to Hannity. As he later put it, Yeah, I don't even know the guy's name. I don't know what the guy looked. I never talked to the guy. The local Fox reporter who broke the story was the first to retreat. In the past 48 hours, Rod Wheeler has said to other media outlets he did not get his information from FBI sources, contradicting what he told Fox 5 on Monday. Now, since Rod- The D.C. Police Department was forced to respond. 
Washington, D.C. police say they found absolutely no evidence, having looked at Rich's computers, that he was ever in touch with WikiLeaks. By now, the Rich family had had enough. On Tuesday, the Rich family sent a letter to Hannity's show pleading with them to stop spreading the unproven theory. Eight days after the bombshell report with advertisers bailing on Hannity, Fox News caved. The network retracted the story Tuesday. Fox says it was not subjected to a high degree of editorial scrutiny. Here's media correspondent David Folkenflik who covered the story for NPR. Why did they retract the story? It just wasn't sustainable. Fox sort of distanced itself from it eight days later, saying uh, it didn't live up to the network standards, although it did not specify on what grounds it failed to do so or how it had happened. They're only on the record source who was at that time a paid Fox News commentator disavowed the comments saying they put words in his mouth. So you had somebody by name on their payroll accusing them of fabrication. Fox had... uh, cited in the very opening stanzas of that story uh, a federal law enforcement official that it said had shown uh, specifically, you know, had vouched specifically for the idea that Rich had handed over these things, right? And you never heard about that federal law enforcement source again. Yeah, I was going to say, has anybody ever found this federal law enforcement official? Fox never again produced anything. They didn't even produce any account of them going back to that person to try to verify it. Uh, Fox had quotes from that person suggesting that person existed. Maybe, but we haven't seen any accounting of what happened there. It is pretty uncommon for Fox to retract stories, right? Every now and then they did a correction, uh, but it, it's really rare. It's part of the DNA. It's you, you never acknowledge you're compromising. You never acknowledge you're conceding any ground. You never acknowledge you've made mistakes. You don't acknowledge that you are fallible. The other guys are wrong in everything. And you, you, you know, it's, it's a political campaign. So in political campaigns, if you're apologizing, you're losing. But Fox News's biggest star was not quite ready to let it go. The unsolved murder of former DNC staffer Seth Rich continues to get a huge amount of attention. On his show that night, no mention of a retraction or the heat he was facing. Just a few belated words for the riches. I totally, completely understand how upset, how hard this is on this family, especially over the recent coverage of Seth's death. Out of respect for the family's wishes for now, I am not discussing this matter at this time. Then a wink and a nod to his fans. I promise you I am not doing, going to stop doing my job. To the extent of my ability, I am not going to stop trying to find the truth. As for my job here at the Fox News Channel, there is an effort now abound to silence me. The next day, doubling down on his radio show. Oh, you in the liberal media, I am not Fox.com or FoxNews.com. I retracted nothing. So Sean Hannity survives this, and it's as though it never happened. Except it did happen. And it very much happened for the Rich family. And the fact that this murder and tragedy for them got you know, woven into a conspiracy theory with geopolitical dimensions to serve a seeming political purpose, you know, is, is a fresh tragedy all over again for them. 
While Fox News may have retreated, the bogus story did not die, thanks once again to the Kremlin propaganda machine. Remember 10 underscore GOP, that Twitter handle we told you about in episode two? The one masquerading as an account of the Tennessee Republican Party, but which was really run out of the Russian troll factory in St. Petersburg? As soon as Fox News' Seth Rich story broke, the trolls swung back into action, blasting a series of provocative tweets like, We will not stop until we have the truth about hashtag Seth Rich. The Democrats are in full panic mode over hashtag Seth Rich. Please hire the best bodyguards. We all know what Democrats are capable of. Hashtag Seth Rich. From London, the Russian embassy tweeted a picture of Seth Rich with Hillary Clinton looming in the background. And in Washington, the editors of the official Russian news agency Sputnik gave Andrew Feinberg, its White House reporter, an unusual order. Shortly after the story had been retracted by Fox, I was called into a meeting and they said, Andrew, you know, when the president comes back, we want you to ask about the Seth Rich case. Ask what about the Seth Rich case? Does it prove that he that he was the leaker and that uh, the Russians had nothing to do with that? And what did you say to them? I said, I'm not comfortable with that. Why not? The story was bullshit. I wasn't going to touch that with a 10-foot pole. Why do you think they wanted you to ask that question? Well, because... Seth Rich represents a, a major issue for the whole, what I like to call the Russia right-wing media ecosystem, because there are a lot of people who are invested in the idea that Russia had nothing to do with swinging the election to Donald Trump. There are a lot of people invested in it, because if that didn't happen, then Donald Trump's victory was earned all on his own. Feinberg says when he refused the order, he was fired that day. It was as abrupt as that. Yeah. If Sputnik and the Russians weren't giving up, neither was Ed Butowski. Convinced that Fox News had succumbed to political pressure, he continued to push the story, forming new alliances with fringe players he was convinced could smoke out the truth. Butowski leaked an edited tape of that phone call with Seymour Hersh, in which the journalist claimed to have heard about a supposed FBI report relating to Seth Rich and WikiLeaks. He gave the recording to Cassandra Fairbanks. Yeah, I'm the White House correspondent for the Gateway Pundit. Fairbanks, who had also worked for Sputnik, uploaded the Butowski-Hersh tape on a website called Big League Politics. She admitted she had no idea if the claims made on the tape, since retracted by Hersh, were actually true. I think that it's absolutely newsworthy to publish an audio recording of a award-winning journalist saying what he thinks happened. And what I think about it is irrelevant. Well, usually reporters sort of want to know if there's something to um, a significant claim of misconduct or a cover-up. Right. So as we sit here today, you have no idea whether that's true or not. No. But you published it. Yes, of course I published it. Why wouldn't you publish it? Whether you think it's a fair report or not is completely irrelevant, in my opinion, honestly. I think that it was newsworthy, and I would publish it again right now. Regardless of whether it's true or not. Yes, because I'm not asserting that it's true. 
people report this kind of stuff every day. I don't know what you're uh, getting at here. Well, I'm getting at there's, you know, most journalists have a responsibility, most serious journalists have feel some responsibility to verifying whether something is true before they put it out there. People report all the time when people say crazy things even, and it's completely dishonest of you to imply that they don't. I don't accept that uh, journalists publish stuff that they oh, don't know Oh, then you're very naive. I'm sorry. You think so? <laughs> you are completely not <laughs> up, not cut up to the way the internet works. It would uh, have got out there whether I reported on it or not. And people reported on it after I did. Um, I thought it was interesting. So did many other people, considering it was read probably a quarter of a million times. WikiLeaks tweeted a link to the recording, which was retweeted nearly 8,000 times. The Fox News story unleashed lawsuits galore. A detective who worked on researching an explosive Fox News story is today taking the channel to court. Rod Wheeler was the first out of the block, suing Butowski as well as Fox News and Zimmerman for allegedly doctoring his quotes. The lawsuit made network news. Rod Wheeler is saying that he was used as a pawn to push out fake news. He alleges a conspiracy, essentially, between a wealthy Trump supporter and the White House and Fox News to push out this story. Fox News has issued a statement, and they're very specific in their language. They say that the accusation that the story was meant to help detract from coverage of the Russia collusion issue is completely erroneous. But Tony, they don't actually address the big question, which is whether or not they consulted or worked with the White House to push this story out. Remember the message Butowski left for Wheeler when he wanted to get the story out? Hey, Rod, it's Ed. A couple minutes ago, I got a note that we have the full uh, attention of the White House. The lawsuit included that voicemail and other texts from Butowski, prompting the media to confront then-Deputy White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders. The president had no knowledge of the story, and it's completely untrue that he or the White House involvement in the story. Uh, and beyond that, this is ongoing litigation, and I'd refer you to the actual parties involved, which aren't the White House. Does it disturb you that there's an allegation out there in a lawsuit, and Sean Spicer admitted meeting with these two individuals, that this was discussed in your White House? It doesn't say anything about this White House that you would entertain that kind of story. It doesn't bother me that the press secretary would take a meeting with somebody involved in the media about a story. None of that was disclosed. They had a conversation, and that was the end of it. Uh, you guys the Riches also sued Fox News and Ed Butowski. Wheeler's lawsuit was withdrawn after a judge concluded he had not proven he was misquoted, especially in light of everything he had said on camera. The same judge also dismissed the Riches lawsuit, concluding that the parents had not been personally defamed by the story. That ruling is on appeal, and in our next episode, you'll hear the arguments from inside the courtroom. Fox News wouldn't talk to us for this podcast, but the network's lawyers argued in court papers that the retracted story was what they called reporting on an issue of legitimate public concern that is protected by the First Amendment. Fox News said it was conducting an internal investigation into its reporting on the retracted story. More than two years later, the network's spokeswoman told us she couldn't comment about the results of that investigation or even whether it had been completed. 
Privately, however, a senior editor told us that in the course of the network's inquiry, Fox News executives grew frustrated that they were unable to determine whether Zimmerman's anonymous federal investigator was in fact who she said he was, or even existed. Butowski, for his part, sued David Folkenflik and NPR over its reporting on his role shepherding the bogus story. While that case is still pending, the Dallas financier is unbowed. That story is accurate. Why Fox pulled it, that's Fox's decision. Butowski says all this came at a cost. The man who prided himself on getting things done behind the scenes had been exposed. And as he saw it, he was now the victim. 377 newspapers publish that I'm a Trump supporter, publish that I created a fake story to help Trump divert attention from his hacking into the DNC or his people into the DNC server, and that I did this for Trump. Most ridiculous thing I've ever been around in my life. And here I am, an innocent private citizen whose life was destroyed because of the media. I was bullied by the media. You want to go back and say I was unfair to the riches. I've never been unfair to the riches. I've never done anything to these people. Never done anything negative to these people. For some reason, he kept reaching out to the riches. He kept sending us text messages. He kept sending us letters. Saying what? You know what happened. Why don't you say the truth? You know Why, why are you causing me all this discomfort? Butowski is asking why you are causing him discomfort? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Your son was murdered, and Ed Butowski is saying you are causing him pain? That's what he's saying. You're used. You're lied to. You're a pawn in your own son's death. I mean, this, this is outrageous. And this is why we're fighting. It's blasted across America with Fox and Hannity. All they've done is, quote, taken it down, but it's still up there on the Internet. This, this can't be retracted the way they did it. I, I wish they had the chance to experience the hell we have gone through. Because this is worse than losing my son the first time. This is like losing him all over again. On the next and final episode of Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land collateral damage. We are in one of the strongest periods of conspiracy culture that we've ever seen. The internet bullies go after a new target, Seth's brother. Aaron Rich had money from WikiLeaks go into his personal account. Think about that. Aaron Rich had WikiLeaks money go into his personal account. Okay? We've been trying to tell you guys this. Get this information out. I mean, you have people in the comments to the Periscope saying, Aaron is a snake. How does Aaron sleep at night? And then another follower of Matt Couch says, waterboard him and find out what he knows. And despite considerable hurdles, the D.C. police doggedly continue their investigation. There's a very strong anti-snitch culture in Washington, D.C. Add assassination language, Russians, add all those buzzwords. Who wants to be a witness in a case like that? 
Thanks for listening to this episode of Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land. We need to give a couple of shout-outs here. First, to my Yahoo News colleague Alexander Nazarian, who thought investigating the conspiracies around Seth Rich's murder would be a good idea for a podcast. Thanks also to my Yahoo News colleagues, Charity Elder, Dan Clydman, and Mark Seaman, for their helpful ideas, as well as to the folks from Long Story Short Media for their invaluable help in producing this podcast. Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land is brought to you by Skullduggery, a weekly podcast that I host with Yahoo News Editor-in-Chief Dan Clydman. In each episode, we dissect the latest revelations and controversies surrounding the Trump administration, and we interview key newsmakers, including some of the president's fiercest critics, as well as his most stalwart defenders. If you are enjoying this series, subscribe to Skullduggery and Yahoo News' Conspiracy Land on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and leave a review.